listening to the Apollo Podcast Network. I'm sliding over cars while I shoot, while I shoot. I think that I'm Tom Cruise. I figure we wouldn't go live on the Apollo Twitter when the Astros are losing, so we wouldn't get a bunch of heat for something that we aren't in control of. Well, no, let's do that. <laughs> let's, let's listen to all the angry Astros fans. That sounds like a fun podcast episode. I mean, no, 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 no. <laughs> Actually, no. <laughs> Welcome to the Apollo. I don't need to argue about Dusty Baker tonight. No, thank uh-uh. you. <laughs> Veiled racism. Like, we don't need to do that. Um, all right. So, welcome to a One Take Podcast, episode 152. Uh, this week, movies are back. I don't know if y'all know that. We're back. So back. Movies are back. Very Tom back. Cruise, who actually never left, he's back. Hella back. Never been more back. We're so fucking back, guys. Except for, like, the writer's strike and, like, the actor's strike. So, we may not have movies. Yeah. For We're not back for long, but we are back. We are back <laughs> momentarily. <laughs> We're in, we are Schrodinger's back. We are in between being back and not being back. Uh, Mission Impossible, dead wreck. Oh, sorry. Mission colon impossible slash dead reckoning part one. No, sorry, not slash dash dead reckoning part one. Um, what a, what a frustratingly long title. Right yeah. in that review, <laughs> I was like, right in the review, I was like, God damn, dude. Like, so many fucking words. Does not like, fit in a hashtag well. No. Uh, <laughs> not great. Not great. MI7, basically. Mission Impossible 7. 2023 came out this last week. Actually came out. We were talking about this in the group message. Movies just come out on Monday. Like, it just was like. Yeah. Love that. Let's do more of that. I, I, I like the fact that this movie came out on a random Monday. I was like, okay, sure, cinema at, on a Monday. I'll take that. And yeah. the official release date was a Wednesday. I was like, what are we? What are we doing? <laughs> Tom Cruise said, "Get me in more theaters before Barbenheimer." He's and they <laughs> they bowed to his wishes anyway. And I appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, Eight point one on IMDb, the highest ranked of the series. That may or may not come down, but people have this. Dex included as probably the best Mission Impossible film. Uh, PG-13 movie, two some hours. Have, have it as the best Mission Impossible film. Yeah, Let's... I said some. Some, okay, because I wanna, we're going to argue about this. Two hours and 43 minutes long, and boy, do they take their time with some of that. Uh, there, There is exposition dumps in this movie like you wouldn't believe. But so many exposition dumps. I, it does allow us to have more longer and better stunts. Ethan Hunt and his IMF team must track down a dangerous weapon before it falls into the wrong hands. That's the best synopsis I've ever heard in my entire life. Way to go, IMDb. Good That's job. every movie in this yeah. series. <laughs> exactly. Uh, written, directed by Christopher McQuarrie. Bruce Geller, uh, I think, was the original um, was the original creator of the series. Yeah, so he originally wrote the first. Um, he came up with the first Mission Impossible, the tel- the television series. Eric uh, Jindrason has a writing credit as well. Stars produced by, lived in, 
the one and only Thomas Cruz. The uh, God of cinema. He stars as Ethan Hunt yet again, back at it. 62 years old. Who gives a shit? He is <laughs> jumping off of cliffs and holding on to trains and beating the hell out of people twice his size. It's awesome. Um, but he is not the real star of this. The real star of this is Haley Atwell. Facts. Good That's Lord. true. Let's take good, it there. Good God Almighty. Welcome to the um, franchise, Haley Atwell. Uh, we already love you. You're, you're incredible. We, we're obsessed with you already. Can't believe um, you weren't here before. Yeah, Facts. I'm shocked it took Tom Cruise this long to get another beautiful woman in his franchise. <laughs> <laughs> As he's known to do. Um, she just pops off the screen, man. She's awesome. She actually get a, gets a chance to do more than just be Peggy Carter, which is cool to see. Uh, Ving Rhames back wearing his uh, patented fedora and just uh, sitting at, behind computers. We love, we love, we stand a king that's in all these movies. Um, Get those checks, Ving. Get those checks. Simon Pegg back as Benji. Rebecca Ferguson, Vanessa Kirby, Palm Clementine. Every woman in this franchise, in this film, punch me in the face, please. Thank you. All of them. (laughs) Holy. I mean, unbelievable. Uh, Issei Morales is the big bad in this as Gabriel. Henry, I don't forget how you pronounce his last name. Kearney? Zerny, Zerny is uh, plays Kitridge. He's back from the first movie, and then uh, Shea Wiggum, just that guy playing that police officer in every single movie. Shout out to him for getting the check. He's awesome too. Um, this movie is doing gangbusters already, uh, domestically and overseas. Eighty million dollar gross uh, in the first week. I will call it a week. They they said weekend. Uh, $80 million gross in the first week in the U.S. and Canada. $235 million gross worldwide. And they need it because... That's insane, man. Yeah, they need it because they spent $300 million making this movie. This movie and the second movie that's going to come out here in a minute. But because of combined budgets? No, that's just one one budget. They had such a big story and they kind of got out over their skis somehow they make it work and transform it into something that's incredible but they really got out over their skis covid happened that whole thing with tom cruise yelling at people because they yeah i remember that they were shutting down sets and things like he was right to do that by the way (laughs) and and ving rames was like you could tell the the second time i watched you could tell like the covid split off where he basically is like hey i gotta go underground and be analog which is really like Ving Rhames was no longer like it was not recording with them while they were recording that part during COVID. Now his scenes they recorded yeah. later. You can really feel it. But yeah, uh, I, it looked bad when he was yelling at people. But I must say, after seeing the film, maybe he did the right thing. Maybe he's just like Bob Knight trying to get his team to the championship. <laughs> I, I signed with Cruz. I'm sorry. Even no. at the time it happened, I was like, no, nah, he's right, bro. Like y'all are fucking people's money up. <laughs> No, we he's right. I need the movie. <laughs> no, like for real though, y'all fucking people's money up. We got a movie to make. I'm out here fucking <laughs> jumping off a mountain and shit. And y'all out here playing around. Put your fucking mask on. You well, look, if I'm jumping off mountains, the least you can do is like wear your mask, mask and keep your distance. That's the least yeah, you can do, bro. Yeah, you, you know about? You also know that Tom Cruise is like I'm uh, is a germ freak too. So he was probably like 
you just know that he was probably like, if you fucking cough on me, I swear to God. <laughs> I will fucking murder you if you cough on me again. If I have to shut down filming this movie because I got COVID for two weeks, I'm going to kill you. Like, fuck, fuck that. <laughs> I wouldn't be shocked if he had the cure for COVID. Like, not the vaccine, like the actual cure. <laughs> like, he found it. To, to keep making these movies and that whole hey bro thing... it's called scientology for a reason <laughs> right <laughs> well played oh my well god played. it like so i was trying to make a trying to make a joke like what's the opposite of science but i couldn't i couldn't figure out what that would be in time anyway um the for the record on the the box office gross by the way the Flash currently sitting at 263 million. Worldwide. Oh my god, <laughs> wow, <laughs> that's insane, man! That's crazy. <laughs> Mission Impossible damn near did that in one week. <laughs> what a flop by Warner Brothers! What a bunch of idiots! Jesus, <laughs> oh my that's god, that's actually incredible. Yeah, but it all plays into um the theme of these movies now and the theme of this movie, especially and TJ agreed with me that Tom Cruise is the God King of cinema and he has to him alone can save the world and cinema by making these movies. And it, it played out on set in real life when he was yelling at people saying we are the standard. And we, we <laughs> it's just like, dude, you're making a mission impossible movie. Like let's calm down, you know, like, but it, yeah, it it plays into his uh, mission, if you will, all puns intended, to literally save cinema. Um, I support him on this endeavor, by the way. I, I'm with him. I'm with him. I stand by him. Has he said anything about the actor strike? No, but we'll uh, <laughs> we'll let it we'll let it slide for right now. Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning Part One, ninety six percent on the uh, Rotten Tomatoes. That's uh, Dex was saying that's one under uh, Mission Impossible Fallout. Uh, wow. 94% audience score, which Dex also said, who the fuck is going to the theater and having a bad time and going on uh, Rotten Tomatoes and being like, you know what? No. Yeah, who are you? That's like, you know what? Mission Impossible Rotten. I hated it. I had a terrible time. What's wrong with you? Get Great a life. question. With world-threatening stakes and epic set pieces to match that massive title, Mission Impart, uh, that massive title, Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning Part One, proves this is still a franchise you should choose to accept. It's a pretty good synopsis, actually. Um, Teach, why don't you go first? This movie is so much fun. I forgive Tom Cruise for completely lying about the Flash and whether it was good or not. I know he did that only for money. I understand. Uh, maybe he took some of that money he made, those ill-gotten gains he made, and applied them uh, to this film. This film was fucking awesome. Uh, we've mentioned Haley Atwell, who on second watch really pops. Every moment she's on screen is just completely compelling. You cannot take your eyes off her, and not just because of the way that she looks, although obviously she's phenomenal looking. Uh, this film is amazing. They, if I, if you told me going into the movie something I did not know, which was, hey, the big bad in this film is actually AI, like the bad guy is actually a, a piece of technology, I would have said, holy fuck, they completely missed the boat here. That's not what this series is about. It's gonna stink. And the AI villain is not very good, especially the second time you watch it. 
but this movie is still incredible. The music is perfect. It looks phenomenal. Tom Cruise and Haley Atwell have so much chemistry when they're on screen together. It's palpable. It's insane. Obviously, every woman in the Mission Impossible franchise immediately looks at Tom Cruise, and the first thing she thinks is, wow, I want to fuck this guy. And that's not different with Haley Atwell, but their chemistry across these scenes is amazing. It's incredible. The sequences where they're in are together are amazing. And Granted, I form- think she should I she could have chemistry with a with a door. <laughs> That's a good point. That's a good point. That's a very good point. She's doing a lot of the work there. Yeah. Um the the music is great, the set pieces are great, and this movie's pretty formulaic. It's basically like every act ends in a set piece and then every next act starts with like what like we have to describe what happened in the set pieces and there are a ton of of, of data briefs basically or informational briefs between the team which really serve let us all come together and digest for the, for that the, yeah like let's just digest and go over what we're doing and to go over what the now what the new plan is which is basically information dumps and exposition for the viewer that just works really well throughout this series i like the way that this movie is shot there are a lot of close-up shots it felt sean fantasy said this so i'm stealing it from him but there are a lot of uh, close-up shots, kind of similar to how they shot the first movie, the, like the first movie in the series. This was so much fun. It's funny at times. It's serious enough. Even when it's really serious, you can tell that the movie, like these movies don't take themselves very seriously. Tom Cruise takes himself extremely seriously, but as far as the movies, they make fun of themselves. They're self-aware. They're very aware of the movie that they're making. They can make it funny. The action is top-notch. Obviously, Tom Cruise jumped out of a fucking helicopter which they showed us some of, obviously, in leading up to the release of the movie, but can't even top like the way that that sequence ends. Is in such theaters. a treat in the theater. <laughs> it's just, I, my theater went insane. Really? Like, let's not spoil the ending bit of that, but they have been blow. They blew their load on that stunt piece ten weeks ago. Yep. Like they released that video like like two months ago, and. It was like everybody was like, "Oh my god, look at this thing!" And look how much work to they crashed. What like fifteen motorbikes or whatever? And yeah, like that. And even I, I watched it on the biggest screen that I could get in Waco. And even in the theater, I still was like, "Oh my god!" Like I was like, Same. "Whoa!" Like, and then it, it was, got better. <laughs> literally got better. And then the, <laughs> that like third act gets better. That shit was nuts. Yeah, so continue to teach. Sorry. It just it, was crazy to look at, even though you knew what was ha- going to happen. It's such a, they do such a phenomenal job of keeping the tension of every conversation when they're having these various serious high level, because basically the fate of the world is always that issue in these movies, right? It's not, it's not ever going to be like, oh, save, the, save our country, or help our country. It's like, actually, if you fuck this up, literally the whole world's going to die. And that's usually the stakes of these movies. And they do such a good job. Of building the tension with the music, but also remaining funny. The set piece with the with the there's a lot of Tom Cruise running. Obviously, there's all these movies are basically just Tom Cruise running in very cool places. Uh, He's great. All at of it. the the fight scenes are amazing. He was giving everybody these like little forearm shivers in this whole movie for some reason. He was really into the forearm shivers, so he was just bludgeoning people's faces with this forearm, which fucking ruled, which was amazing. You got. Uh, Vanessa Kirby's character is still here, still being amazing. Always like to see Vanessa Kirby pop up in a film, especially these Love films. 
Uh, Haley Atwell looks gorgeous. She's also a fucking pickpocket, and she's doing close-up magic, which is both charming and amazing and gives her a skill set because she's not a spy. Usually the new people we meet in these movies are always spies, and they already come fully charged. Like, when we meet Elsa, she's already a superhero. She's already a killer. So, like, we, we right. expect her to beat the shit out of people. Elsa gets to fight with a sword. And then she fakes gets fridged, which is bad. But then she really gets fridged, which is even worse. Spoiler alert. Uh, so that's not great. Spoiler alert. Sorry for that. Uh, that's not great. But overall, I had an amazing time. I would give this movie an A. I don't know if I could say it's better than Fallout or Ghost Protocol yet. But my second watch of this movie really rewarded me. I loved it the first time. But the second time, when you kind of know the plot, and you can like pay more attention to the intricacies of like, in the airport, when you first meet uh, Haley Abel's character, for example, you see her in the scenery before she reveals herself. But because you're watching and it's such a quick cut movie, you don't realize that kind of stuff. So the second viewing kind of filled in the gaps that I had in terms of the plot. I had this is an A movie. Everyone should go see it. It's fucking phenomenal. Tom Cruise has done it again. I gave it an A. Dex. Uh, yeah, I, I gave it an A+. Plus. My only real knock is a spoiler, and it's Teach already spoiled it. So, yeah, I I didn't like how they handled Ilsa in this movie. I, I thought they kind of fucked that up. But other than nasty. that, other than that, I just I loved everything about it, to be honest. I love the villain. I love the, uh, the AI of it all. It feels super timely. Feels like they when they were making this movie in like 2019 2020 whatever they knew that we were all going to be sitting here talking about chat gpt three years later like you know <laughs> and uh teach was going to be having ig uh ai girlfriends oh no my comment. god, oh no my god. <laughs> this week i have no comment this week on teach's twitter feed he fell in love oh with a robot god. oh my god <laughs> Incredible content, dude. I've never laughed so fucking If only hard Tom Cruise was there to save me from my <laughs> own fate against AI. I needed Tom Cruise to save me from the AI overlords. I needed Holy it. shit. But oh my yeah, God. I, that part of the movie was like, that worked for me. And uh, making it where, you know, he's working with the US government, but also the US government are kind of the bad guys. And there's and someone explained to me why in every single one of these movies, everyone, it's like you've been disavowed by your government. What hat like <laughs> when do they just so they're like, now we're gonna disavow <laughs> you, but come on back. Like I don't it happens yeah. every movie. Every I like how they happens. I like how they played on that. They were like, uh yeah, we don't we don't really like give them orders or anything. We just like just ask. Like, we just leave note. Yeah, we just we just leave word. We're like, do y'all want to help us, please? <laughs> and most of the time, Tom Cruise is like, yeah, we'll help y'all. And then we Thank just God do it all working. over again. Thank God he's working for us, you know. Yeah. So <laughs> I like I like the AI villain. I like that they made it this like obviously very overpowered weapon that everyone wants to control. And Tom Cruise is like the only one who wants to do things the right way and get rid of that shit. Um, that worked for me. I also liked the uh, how the plot like they have basically like a triple MacGuffin, <laughs> which like you don't see very often. It's like the key is a MacGuffin, but you can split it into two MacGuffins because yeah. it's two parts of the key. And but then there's also fake ones out there. So sometimes... there's also fake ones, and what <laughs> yes. the key unlocks is also a MacGuffin. Is also not the thing, but the source code to the thing. <laughs> yeah. And it's so the... also underwater. 
So they do this like triple MacGuffin thing, which like I can't recall seeing before in a movie. And they like keep using that to raise the stakes and make the plot more interesting. It's like, oh, uh, we have one part of the key, but we got to go find the other part. Oh, now we have two parts of the key, but we got to get it to the guy so we can get it to the other guy. He can take us to where, where it goes and we can break the thing and do the stuff. And like At they just keep point- using Sorry, at one point you nearly, you really nearly lose the plot, or at least I did, when they're talking like that. But they're in the bar when Vanessa Kirby's first shows back up, and they're trying to like, you have to make a choice to do this or let me go. But she also has to die, and I'm like, what is happening? You like, mean the bar that turned out to be the big reveal in that bar scene was that there was Wi-Fi in the bar, and all of a sudden <laughs> the screen, it was like, oh my god, Tom Cruise looking around like. The whole world is ending, and it's like, oh no, he just found out that they have a Wi-Fi connector in the bar. That's right, basically yeah. what. That's basically what we found out. This it was so weird. The bar has a Chat GPT plugin. <laughs> and that's spooky. <laughs> and it makes a Transformers noise. It's real weird. <laughs> anyway, yeah, sorry. All I, of that, all of that, like, I was just willing to go with it. Like, I understand, like, your miles may vary or whatever, but for me, it all worked, and it all is a perfectly reasonable, like, reason for. Uh, action movie to happen like it works for me um and then the characters all of them i felt like got their time to shine and were cool as shit like we talked about Haley atwell being dope as fuck in this movie but palm clementine she feels like she's been in this franchise forever like even though she just showed up in this like one movie um her character was fucking dope yeah barely talks and she was still cool as shit every time she was on the screen i was like she was so fucking cool but yeah she didn't say much yeah Step on me, like hit me with your car, please. <laughs> what was the, the the thigh choke thing? Do you think Tom Cruise wrote that in there? He's like, what if you? Yeah, what if? What if you and, choked uh, me with your thighs? What if we did that? And the the car chase scene in here, like, is unbelievable, top notch. Like the the handcuff thing and incredible seats and like there's comedy while it's happening, but it doesn't like detract from it like it's not like oh it's not like an mcu movie where you know it's like oh well now it's time for a joke it just like feels right when they do it and all the ridiculous ass stunts in this movie like if you just describe what's happening it sounds like the shit we complain about in fast and furious except they did it better so it's actually good they did the movie (laughs) by the way (laughs) they did fast and furious 10 yeah, and they just made it good. <laughs> yeah, they just made movie. it good and fun. What if fast what if fast ten was good? This is Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part One. If you've seen Fast Ten, you've seen this movie, by the way. I'm not even I'm not even kidding. But yeah. They were actually in good. the places that they said they were, not Atlanta, Georgia. And uh and you Tom can see that and you can very much see the life. difference. Yeah. And it feels like there are real stakes in the movie. It matters whether Ethan Hunt wins or not. Like in in Fast X, it's like, yeah, if they if Vin Diesel loses, then oh well, like who cares? Like, but <laughs> <laughs> damn, the family's over. Sad. All right, moving on. But this one, it's like, oh, the fate of the world's on the line. Great. Uh, so yeah, it all worked for me, man. I give it an A plus. I, I love this movie. I. I still have it like neck and neck with Fallout. I'm gonna have to rewatch Fallout now that I've seen this movie twice, just so I can like finally say which one definitively is better to me. But they're neck and neck for me. Um, look, I'm saying it's a brilliant movie. I think it's probably if it's not like I think it's 
probably two for me right now. I do have to watch it again because like I said, some of my problems with it, they do get a little lost in the sauce. Like, like I said, trying to describe why people need the AI versus what the AI actually does versus what Gabriel's character actually is. Is he the bad guy or the conduit for the bad guy? They have to put an actual, uh, they have to put an actual flesh and bone bad guy in this because if you didn't, are you just fist fighting AI? Like what's happening? Yeah, it wouldn't work. What does he yeah. fight? What does he punch? Um, so that was interesting. They do like completely retcon Ethan Hunt's story and make up something that didn't happen. Like, yeah, that, in, was, in it. that was not a thing. That was not a thing that we knew. That was a, yeah. Oh, by the way, <laughs> it's not the worst thing in the world, but it is an interesting choice just to have like, like you just go with it because you're like interesting, but they really like do de-aging and go back in time and uh, just give him a storyline that wasn't in any of the first or second movies um, about how he got into the impossible mission force. But, you know, it's fine, but it is like, what do we, what, <laughs> what, why do we have to add that women die around him? We know that women die around him. We, we don't have to. Okay, sure. Um, and it gives him, I, they had to do that to give him uh, a sense of urgency to fight the Gabriel character, like to have some sort of backstory. <clears throat> Otherwise, you're fighting like just a what amounts to a religious zealot, I guess. It doesn't make. Yeah. I never AI really tech, fully, bro. Yeah, I never really fully understood one why Gabriel was so intent on killing one of these women, and also two, like in the movie where we acknowledge that these movies and maybe Tom Cruise movies in general have a real issue about the way we depict women and his relationship to women. And we've fridged more than one woman in this franchise to acknowledge that and then do it again. Right. It's insane to me. You <laughs> did it again after you acknowledged that, Hey, this is a thing. It's like, yeah, we all know this is a thing. We've seen these films and then you just do it again. I, 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 that was a probably the only decision I did not love. I don't love the whole Tom Cruise fights AI angle of this thing and it works as a straightforward Tom Cruise is, is is against the interests of these people and that's who he's against but I don't know how you end that I don't know how you end the big Tom Cruise versus AI fight at the end of the second film but that's a problem we don't have to address in this particular film which works very well with just Gabriel as the front man big uh, big bad even if it doesn't totally make sense why the entity chose Gabriel other than the fact that he represents something from Hunt's past, and seemingly the AI knows that Hunt is the is one person biggest, that can yeah. stop it and does not want it for power, even though Elsa is also another person who is literally doing the same job for the same purposes as Tom right. Cruise. But yeah, like, she's just not Tom Cruise. Like she's, she's not Tom Cruise. <laughs> yeah, you, you just the AI just knows she ain't about that life. She ain't, she ain't gonna do shit. You can hunt, real threat. Um, <laughs> no, I. Look, I thought this movie was brilliant. I thought the car chase thing was something that, like, I was fucking unbelievable. Like, I keep saying that it was unreal. You could tell they were in the real place doing the real thing. Like, it looked like Haley Atwell was actually risking her life along with Tom Cruise to drive this car. They have sex jokes in this. Somebody pointed out that, like, this is the closest the the car chase is the closest thing that we'll get to a sex scene in these movies. Yes, anymore. 
He's having is, oh, ex- like he can't get it. He can't get it up. So he's like, "Sorry, this car, oh, the way it's set yeah. up." I'm sorry. <laughs> she's like, "It's okay. It's okay." She's like, "No, also, it's fine. Them, Take your time." Having the Fiat in the first place is also hilarious. Like, yeah, when, when they walk up to like this like fancy supercar, you're like, "Fuck yeah!" <laughs> and then like a little Fiat backs out. Everyone was dying in my theater, dude. The bits of I, comedy. Take note, Fast and Furious. Like it's it's like. It's like comparing filet mignon to fucking like McDonald's, but like, <laughs> yeah, take notes, Fast and Furious. This has jokes, good jokes. Be a little more aware of the film that you're making. You know what I mean? Facts. And- this has very good jokes. And being nervous, trying to do anything around Haley Adler. I don't think I could tell Haley yeah. Adler my name, let alone drive <laughs> the car well. Uh-huh. So I to- it totally rung true. And I, I, there's something really cool about the way that, again, these movies don't take themselves so seriously at times. Like when Tom Cruise saves the day at the end, or he has this big scene at the end, which I'm not going to spoil yet. He basically derps his way into it, and it goes yeah. perfectly. But it's like he, like he used skill to get to the point he needed to get to. But actually, the big moment is like a derp fest, and it's like, oh, like we can have that too. Ethan Hunt's not like God, like Dominic Toretto. He's going to, he's going to get some, he's going to get lucky sometimes. And that brings moments of comedy that are very perfect. But then you write back on beat in the serious part of the film, the stuff with, with the body double stuff is always funny. Vanessa Kirby kind of like having to play with her own face and be a different person in her, in her body is really funny. Her like going through random bouts of sleep because she's been drugged is really funny. Like they, they find a way to keep the comedy going but it never lightens the stakes. And that's a really, really hard thing to do. And for all of the movies that this guy has directed in particular in the series, they do a really good job of that. Fallout's yeah. funny. Uh, this movie's funny. I just, I love the fact that they put the comedy in there. It's amazing. I think Christopher McQuarrie, like that's the Christopher McQuarrie of it all. Obviously like he, his other writings and stuff too. Like he wrote the usual suspects. People forget that, but like, <laughs> I he, uh, yeah, great film. He was nominated for an Oscar for it, I believe. But like he, um, he he and Tom Cruise have somehow figured out what audiences want to see in these big action blockbuster franchises. Like they have it down to a science and he helped write Top Gun too, which has some of the similar, similar beats. So they've kind of figured it out. This and... is their ninth film together, by the way, like they, they have found a groove where they've made nine movies together and they, they have a common understanding of like, like I said, what do audiences want? We know these are big, dumb action movies, but what are people actually going to the theater, specifically keyword theater? What are they going to the theater to experience? And they've really got their finger on the pulse of the people. And we are lucky to live in the times where they are making these movies and other Tehelski's making the mission of making the John Wick movies. These people really understand why we go to the movies. And that's going to be very important as the numbers of people that go to the movies just continues to dwindle and dwindle. Right. It's nice that some people know where we're going. My here, okay, so we I've waxed poetic about it and like what I loved about it. Obviously, Tom Cruise uh, he's gonna die making one of these things. We can already tell he's yeah, he's, he's made that his personal goal. That's his goal. Yeah. <laughs> so so good for him, you know, whatever. But like he's probably gonna die holding his breath going to the submarine that's in this movie. Um the the thing that I that we talked about in the group chat, and I gotta bring it back up. This and Maverick and subsequent Tom Cruise films have all been reject modernity, 
let's go back to yes. the way let's things were. Let's go back were. to the good old days. <laughs> and, and that's fine. And look, it's a story that people buy into, obviously. And I did too, hook, line, and sinker. But it is AI bad. Uh, let's go back to analog. They literally go to analog in this movie. <laughs> like they go to shortwave radio. And <laughs> you're just like, okay. They literally nerf all of the technology to make as a storytelling device. And it really is just a big overarching theme of I, Tom Cruise, am making movies the right way to save movies. Yep. And that's fine because he has, but it also is what it is. Like, I, I, I can't, you know, like, I don't hate it, but I'm, I'm just saying it is a very on the nose, like, let's go back to watching movies and movie theaters movie. But it rings so true. And I hate to keep making this comparison. When you're comparing this movie to a movie like Fast X, which also has people speeding through the streets of Europe and really just a green screen in Atlanta, Georgia, but you can feel and see the difference between what they're trying to create with Fast X when we know all this stuff is CGI, this is all on the green screen, and Tom Cruise, who's just like, no, just put me at the top of the mountain and strap some cameras to me, and I'm going to jump off that bitch, and you're going to see what it really looks like to see a human jump off a mountain. And whether you think that you know that you want to see that, I know that you do want to see that, and you'll appreciate that difference. And so I, I don't care if the next 10 Tom Cruise movies are like analog good, digital bad, AI will hack into your technology, make movies like me, because he's right. He's absolutely right. The, the, the feeling of That's Top what I'm Gun, saying. Also, AI bad. <laughs> like, he's right. <laughs> <laughs> There's literally two strikes happening AI right now because it's bad. bad. <laughs> like, AI is bad. Well, yeah, I, I'm just saying, like, it's on... It, <laughs> Finger on the pulse, whatever you want to call it. But it is like, it is I, Tom Cruise. There is a little savior complex throughout this entire movie. It is well, a messiah. Tom Cruise thinks that he's God, and he's right. There's literal depictions of him <laughs> as like a messianic figure like throughout this entire thing. So look. Let, let the I, audience decide. <laughs> yeah. You know, I don't know. I, I just, I just think that... Okay, while it works in doses and it works in this film and it actually worked in Top Gun, like, are we going to be doing this and where he comes on screen before every movie and like, thanks for thanks for coming to the theaters, pals. Like, and thanks for actually like, sitting down to the theaters. That's yeah. why we do this. And it's just like, <laughs> okay, sure. Like, but are we doing this every time? We gonna yes. do this every time? Okay, sure. Yes. All right. As yes, long as we we are, long as we've all decided, that's fine. It's, it's delightful. I love it. Sorry. <laughs> As long as we've all decided, um, but yeah, yeah I mean, there's hey. a little, there's a, also a little like John Wick uh, anxiety in this movie. You can feel and, it. And what do you mean? Just like he's seen John Wick and is like, we gotta do better. We we gotta. Say, they're keeping each other honest. They're, everybody's yeah. looking around. They're like, we know who the two or three guys are are really putting these kind of films together, and we need to keep up because. What they did with John Wick 4, I wouldn't want to be somebody coming behind them to try to make an action film. Like, the stuff that they did was just, it was mind-blowing. And so, there are some amazing sequences in this film as well, obviously. But these people, they understand what they're up against. You better keep raising the bar or someone's going to raise yeah. it for you. Uh, I, not, But it's not just, like, the final sequence is obviously really dope. We didn't even bring up the train car thing, which is the big kind of hurrah. We'll get, it, we'll get into spoilers here in a second, but go ahead. 
I also love the first airport scene with the kind of the digital fake outs where they're wearing the glasses and yeah. kind of nobody knows what reality is. And like the way that they filmed that scene, which is also the scene in which we introduced Haley Atwell. And they, you have like three or four things happening at once and you're never confused as you're watching the movie because nope. it's, 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 I think the, the underrated part of this movie is the way that it's edited. Some of those quick cuts are so crisp and so good and it's edited in such a way that you don't lose part of the story even though you're in the airport and you're seeing 50 a million people the million things are happening you know exactly what the stakes are and what's happening at every moment and i just the, the way that they, they i think this movie was just so well thought out uh and for it to be part one of two this is how you do part one of two one you yeah. tell us beforehand this right. is part one of right. two. Oh my god us. okay cool now Thanks, we can't be dude. mad at the cliffhanger just let us know okay cool now we know what we walked into other than, you know, obviously Dune is, even if they had told us Dune was part one, like, I didn't have that much fun watching Dune, which might be a setup movie so for a, a great off. movie. I had a, a great fun watching this by itself as a standalone movie. I had a great time. So, of course, I'm going to come back in and watch the second part of your movie. You left no doubt. Whereas Dune, I was like, it seems like part, Dune part two is going to be cool. But I can't say that I sat there and enjoyed every minute of Dune one. I just, I will never be able to say that. Doom Part One, they were literally just like, "All right, we're gonna turn the movie off now." Bye. Like, <laughs> <laughs> as soon as the star showed up, we were like, "Finally!" It was like, "No, the movie's over. It's just over." Yeah, at least Fast X, like for all its fault, it had a cliffhanger. I rolled my eyes at it, but it was like, "Okay, like we're in action is happening." Like, ooh, what happens next? Doom, it was literally just like, "It's only begun." Movie over. <laughs> it's only begun. I've been sitting here for three hours over. and it's only begun. <laughs> yeah, oh dude, my god! Whatever Zendaya said in that shit, uh, it, it's only just begun. Bye. Like what? Fuck you. They might as well turn to the camera. Turn to the camera and said, "See you next time." Next week on Dune. Um. No, so do you want to get... I give this movie an A as well, too. I thought it was awesome. I got to see it again. Like I said, I got a little lost in the sauce at what everyone's motivations were um, for some of the things. But uh, uh, also, big nitpick. How would uh, everyone not know that Vanessa Kirby, whose eyes are the most striking blue that has ever been blue, <laughs> not see that this woman now has brown eyes? with brown eyes. eyes. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, What? If anyway. there was one woman involved, every woman would be like, wait, something's not right, but all these You're stupid right. men are just like, duh, okay. Yeah, sure, sure. You are. <laughs> Even her brothers is like, you, you changed. Like, do you not notice that she has different color eyes? I love that line delivery where he said you change, and then she goes, and you never and will. You never will. walking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Um, spoilers for... We're 38 minutes in, so hopefully you've seen this movie anyway. Yeah, uh, spoilers for Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. Yeah, um, my only nitpick is, like I said, is a spoiler. And that's that they killed Rebecca Ferguson in, like, the lamest way possible. <laughs> right. And after fake killing her earlier in the movie, so when they actually killed her, I didn't care. I was like, this feels... Like y'all are going to just fake us out again. Y'all just did this. It felt it was a boy who cried wolf situation. And I was like, fuck that. And then hey, there's a whole part two. 
they might still yeah. bring her back. Like, so I'm like <laughs> That's just, true. the stakes like just felt everything just it, felt out of whack when they did that. I was like, I don't, I don't. I don't it like really that. felt like when you go back and you watch it. And like you said, it's kind of a, it is kind of a big deal that they kill off this character that's now been in three of these movies and has basically made her a star on top of everything else. I mean, she, what she was in the uh, musical for uh, the Greatest Showman or whatever, but yep. like, oh yeah, that was her. that that fake musical <laughs> um, that didn't happen. The uh, the so. She's been in three of these movies. She's obviously a character that I think a lot of people enjoy, and she's a badass. She's awesome. It, did, it felt like because she's in that silo show and she's like a producer for that show, it felt like they had her for like 10 days the way that she's in this movie and then subsequently dismissed from the movie. Why kill Rebecca Ferguson? Like, I mean, obviously, you have Haley Atwell to like in the wings. But it really felt like yeah, oh, that you have also this other felt thing. off. <laughs> yeah, you have this other they thing. Were just like, yeah, we have a new one. We don't want to play with you right. anymore. <laughs> <laughs> we don't. We got a Buzz Lightyear. Sorry, Woody. Yeah. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> it felt a lot like that, and it's nasty, especially because literally Haley Atwell says, and I quote. I'm the reason that she's dead, which is just not great. If that's actually the reason why she's dead to write that into the script of the film, just not great. Also, also them being like, you have to choose either this woman you just met or, or, this, woman that you're, or this woman that you're in love with. I'm like what? What kind of choice is that? Get her. Sorry. And again, I think we're just taking from what, what more popular podcasts have said, but there's always an implication, Sean Fennessy said, there's always an implication that Ethan Hunt has slept with every single woman that he's ever laid eyes on. Oh, yeah. 100% but, you never, there. but you never, they never show it, except for like in the second movie, I think he had sex with Tanny Newton. But like, I think you're supposed to imply that he had sex with Elsa when they were in Venice as they make it dark and kind of cut the movie yeah. in that way. And then I think you're supposed to imply that they slept together. But it's also there like, with Vanessa Kirby, who he's never really alone with. Balcony hanging out. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's just like there's that. And then it's like, did he also sleep with Haley Atwell somewhere in the between this car chase? And like, it kind of feels like he did. Yeah, <laughs> so it's just I, I really sure hope weird because so, you just lost your girlfriend for it, dog. I hope you got something out of this. <laughs> your girlfriend's dead now. I just <laughs> that was such a forced choice. Like I understand that like, they want to put him in this position, but like it was so like Gabriel was like, by the way, not that this matters at all to the actual point of this film, but one of these girls is gonna die, and it's like we don't have to do that. And then we have a what I would say is a pretty awesome fight scene. Where yeah. first Haley Atwell fights him, and then Elsa shows up to kind of save her. Elsa has a fucking rounded sword, which is the coolest shit I've ever seen. The the the, the music is blaring, and Tom Cruise is racing across this European town, racing across Venice, trying to get there before Elsa dies. And the, everything's cool, fate. everything's good. <laughs> and then we have to kill Elsa. Why? Why can't Gabriel just get away? Why does he have to kill her? I just I don't under, I didn't understand it. And if it's to clear out for. Haley Adwell, it's even worse because Haley Adwell was doing so much in her limited time. We didn't have to find a way to give her more time. She was fucking amazing in her own right. I don't know why both these women couldn't exist in the series going forward. It was a weird decision. Well, well you the, said right away, Tej, you were like, I knew she was gonna like as soon as Haley Atwell came on screen, I knew one of like yep. I knew it that, just uh, it literally felt that way. It was like, was oh, gone. 
we have another woman that's going to be around Tom Cruise who probably wants to fuck him all the time. One of them is probably going to die. And to actually like make you feel that and to actually do that after the fake out is just very nasty. And that that was Dude. my main gripe of the film. I'm right with Dex on that. I didn't like that. Had they just killed her instead of doing the fake out first, I would have been like, okay, cool. like That's fine. But doing the fake out as sloppily as they did and then actually killing her later just felt lame to me. Dex always hates the fake out though. Like he's never once liked the fake out. Dude, movie fake out fake deaths out. are almost always bad. Like, I, <laughs> I can only think of yet, one example. Yet he loves the prestige, which is <laughs> yeah. the whole which is literally thing. a movie fake out death. The whole movie. Yeah, but that works. <laughs> if you know if there's real clones that are dying, that's cool. Um but yeah, uh at the movie's reasoning for like one of them has to die or whatever makes sense, which is like, oh, if Gabriel kills one of his girlfriends, then Ethan Hunt will kill Gabriel and no one will ever know where the fucking submarine is or whatever, which like, that's fine. But yeah. I, well, why wasn't it enough? I got to say, I bet he could have found the submarine. Probably, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't even think if this is the person that's a blast from the past, and apparently the way that, like, the, I didn't really get this in my first viewing, but in my second view, it became really clear. Gabriel, to get Tom Cruise into IMF, Gabriel killed an agent, and that crime was blamed on Tom Cruise, which presented him with the option to go into the IMF because his life was basically over. He's going to get charged with the murder of this agent. That is enough to make Tom Cruise have to make the decision on top of the train, hey, Am I going to kill him or not? I didn't think we had to fridge Elsa in order to get to the point where he has a knife to him and he's thinking about killing him, despite the fact that the only man in the whole world, which is only true in name because there was also a woman who happened to know, but the only man in the whole world who knows this information that Tom Cruise needs means he can't kill him. We already had enough stakes there to make him put to that decision. Uh, but so it just, the killing of Elsa thing just felt gross for a series that already has a bad reputation, unfortunately, of his treatment of women and how they relate to basically every woman he's ever come in contact with has been in extreme peril and a lot of them have just died. Like, they're just yeah. gone. Yeah. And it's... Yeah, but if they had just been like, the oh, the, the stakes of this is this thing that didn't happen before. Like, <laughs> that you right. had never the, seen on screen. Yeah, never seen until stakes. today. Yeah. yeah, this new thing we made up. <laughs> like, what, what does this Like, yeah, that would have been whack too. So I get how they had to like give him something to do like right now that makes you really, really hate the guy. But yeah, I they, they could have handled Rebecca Ferguson's death better outside of that part of it like literally just don't have a fake out and like just make it feel more real when she actually dies like i don't know what did we what did we think about the double triple cross of both the cia and the head of the uh, uh, national like the nsa or something being on the chain train at the same time like what how did we feel about all of that like america bad actually like I liked it, but it took me yeah. back. I thought it was a blatant no because obviously there's a train in the first movie. So I felt like, okay, we're going to get all of our main characters somehow on this train. And that's what's going to I like the way they set that up. And it was clear to see that Kithridge was like moving very foul, very nasty, moving getting crazy, of moving extremely crazy. <laughs> so it wasn't like a shock that like he actually ended up being a bad guy because the whole time I was like, yo, what's up with Kithridge? I, I don't trust him. <laughs> like, I, for yeah. some reason, I don't trust this guy right now. And, 
he he was he was not he was not uh, moving very well in this movie. Yeah, and that like sets you up well for the second one, I think, when like it's not just literally him fighting Gabriel or whatever. It's like, oh, the entire United States government is also bad, and we have to stop them too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is kind of crazy how um like how how easily he kind of gets away from the bumbling cops or whatever like the fbi oh yeah when they're up there like he he jumps gabriel jumps away and all of a sudden it's like hey guys it's okay calm down yeah (laughs) it's like oh they're just gonna okay sure yeah all right we've been trying to arrest you since dubai we've been literally chasing you around the the whole entire uh planet but sure like yeah we'll let you go yeah um also no, really like the uh the uh the other cop, the black cop who's like, What if Ethan Hunt is good, actually? I, I, just, <laughs> yeah, I, I like that. <laughs> he said he said, What side are you on? He's like, when it comes to like the end of the world, I guess I'm on everyone's side. I, literally, <laughs> I just don't want the world to end. <laughs> I'd like to yeah. still live here, thanks. <laughs> yeah, I'd like I, for us all to be alive, actually. Give that guy uh, his flowers. He's been in some things. His name is uh Oh, where is it? His name is Greg Tarzan Davis. Tarzan, yeah, that's right. Greg Tarzan Davis. Um, yeah, he was he, he was, was Coyote. Good. He was Coyote. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, Top Gun cro- crossover here, including Charles Parnell is in. You know the the bit they have in every movie where it's dudes in rooms talking about the end of the world, which is Charles always Parnell awesome. Makes that funny, even though it's not. It doesn't play for comedy. Like because Charles Parnell is there, it makes everything funny because it's like. Oh, that's Charles Parnell. He's a comedian, so I can't take him exactly all the way seriously. He's got also, glasses on. Rob Delaney's there too, yes. the Twitter comedian that became actually kind of famous for his show. But like, he's also there, so it's funny having him in a suit giving exposition. So, it did yeah, kind of feel like who guy. lives in who lives in London? Who can we get here? And basically, uh, yeah. like, who could show up on set? Yeah, exactly. So it's actually really funny. But this con- this movie is in conversation a lot with the first movie, including the massive train scene, which TJ, I didn't want to spoil, but now we can. How he gets onto the train is like basically yakety sacks. Like he flies through the window <laughs> and he's like, are you okay? And he's just like, are you okay? Like what? Drove my theater insane when he burst through. My theater was raucous when he burst through that thing. And it was just, it was a pre- perfect gag because it's like, this isn't Ethan Hutt being so skilled. This is like, like derping your way through, but it, you have it at the best possible time. And obviously, we're literally on a train, and the plot is that the bad guy is going to blow the train up. That is the plot of every bad guy, every murder mystery, every action movie made from like 1920 going forward. And so to have that homage to it, and still have the like, hey, he jumped off the mountain, but he's just going to like fly in at the best possible time was like a throwback to old school movies that I really appreciated. I love the way that they set that up. Uh, also, like we kind of talked about it already and a lot of people already know that it happens or whatever. It's been in all the marketing forever. But the motorcycle mountain jump thing still badass. Like, it still was yeah. it still was dope as hell. Part of me in real time was like I wish they hadn't have blown their load on that. Like in like if that was the first thing, you know, that you saw or like if you saw that for the first time in theaters i think everybody would have come out of it being like oh my god you have to see this thing that they did but uh, yeah but then it got better but like, then it got the, better they're filming the him is nuts 
they're filming him also like side by side or they i don't know how they did it like gopro or whatever he's like talking to benji while free falling yes yeah. yeah 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 like, he's got line delivery up there he's up yeah. there doing fucking lines for us that's insane but and my the, only... the story about it being the first thing they did for the movie because he was like if i die then we can all just go home like i love that yeah. <laughs> if i die there is no movie so let's just do this first let's just <laughs> that's funny um my only complaint with the train scene is like you can barely see it but like it did like at points for a movie that has prided itself on being in real locations and doing a lot of stuff at points, you're like, okay, they're on a green screen a little bit. Yeah, here. You can see the animation, but I still thought it came out looking as it's cool fine. as they probably could have made it look with the train doors and you're in different trains that have different setups, different train cars that have different setups. I, I, I really liked it. I, I thought it worked, especially as you know, I was thinking like, this is our final sequence in the first of two movies. And if that's not the biggest that we're going, I'm perfectly fine with where we're at. I mean, I really... it, it's quite literally a cliffhanger. Get Facts. it? Like... <laughs> so, but he comes off the cliff. <laughs> yeah, yeah they didn't the end cliff. it there. Thank God. <laughs> but yeah, I that train car sequence after, and like describing it, like we said, it sounds like some dumb shit you would see in Fast X, like. And would be stupid and ridiculous, but then in the train cars after the bridge blows up and they're like slowly falling, just like some of the most compelled I've been in a movie theater this year. Like that shit ruled. It felt like watching the video game Uncharted, not the movie. Like which somehow well, the, didn't have shit the director. Like that, but... The director Uncharted uh, actually commented on it. He said, "I'm flattered." <laughs> yeah, it I did. Mean... Feel, I did get that uh, immediately. I was like. I feel like we just saw this in Uncharted. It's true. It's very true. We, it was better than we saw in Uncharted. It that's felt true. like that's a video true. game. That's also it true. felt like what Uncharted should have been. It felt like a video game quick time of it. But yeah, them like the being in like the food car or whatever, and it's like there's oil everywhere. They're like slipping and sliding, trying to climb up with this fucking train car that's falling off a cliff. It's also on fire. Like it just it just rules. Like it shouldn't yeah. be as good as it is. But it's just compelling the whole fucking way. Yeah, uh, I would. I would like to know how. Um, I would like to know how much like Haley Atwell actually did, because you know Tom Cruise is in there doing this stuff. But like, yeah, like I want to know how much she actually got into. Was she really crawling on a moving train? Because like, if she yeah. really climbed on the top of that train, much props to her, because that did not look like it was something that would be easy at all. No, it looked like she was doing it. It did. Like, real. Like, I was like getting up on top like of the train. And, yeah. I don't know if you could get me to do that, but anyway, um, yeah. So if I'm gonna be with Haley Atwell, I'll probably yeah. be less likely to say yes because I'm be so nervous just having her sit next to me. I'm falling off that train, one hundred percent, one hundred percent facts. Um, Tej, you didn't have to, you didn't have to fall off the train. Oh no, I just got distracted. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was distracted. I just she she's standing right next to me, guys. I'm sorry. This distracted driving. Um, also, allegedly, she did do all of her own stunts. Wow. They had to find somebody that was game, I guess. She did all her own stunts, and she looked as good as anybody I've seen look in a movie in the last at least four. Factual. Maybe, maybe I didn't. Get, I haven't got that feeling since uh, we saw uh, Zoe in Batman. Like that was <laughs> it was mind blowing how good looking she is in this film. It's incredible. She she she, she stole the goddamn movie. It's 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 insane what she was able to do 
Much preps to Peggy Carter. I love you. You were you did an incredible job. I hope they put her in five more of these films. Let's go. Keep her around forever. Yeah. Um oh, we should man, you mentioned Haley Atwell doing magic. We should mention Tom Cruise did learn a new skill on top of like falling off of mountains and stuff. You know, close up magic he did, now. He did close up magic. <laughs> and it was and awesome. It was, it was and he was like really serious about it too. <laughs> just like just Tom Cruise who has multiple pilots licenses has free, you know, free base jumps off of like mountains and at, you know, done oh, high altitude, high altitude jumps out of airplanes. And he's just like, for this one, I got to really fuck him up. I got to learn some magic. <laughs> and he was so serious about it. And he, there's like a behind the scenes or something of him, like getting really frustrated with not being able to learn it. <laughs> and it just was like, <laughs> I have to see this. Yeah. <laughs> I, had, I had so much fun watching it too. Like, like you said earlier, their chemistry just like jumped off the screen and them doing like close up magic at each other and talking about pickpocketing and shit while flirting. It, it's what action movies should be. Just dumb fun and cool people. Yep. Cool, hot people. Uh, Palm Clementine sa- saves the day. They do a fake out death with her because she's alive. So that's interesting. She didn't have a lot to do, but she was so cool in doing it. That I hope that she has a bigger uh, expanded role in the second part. It looks like she's going to be potentially like maybe joining him. Uh, the two derpy cops also might be potentially joining. So it looks like we're, we're at least have the black guy. <laughs> at least the black guy's already pondering like, uh, yeah, the black guy's going to be in the IMF here soon enough. Ving Rhames is going to die, and then they're going to be like, we got a new black guy. <laughs> I'm I'm fine with this. I'm I love the fine with this. I'm into this. We can we can wrap up here in a minute, but I do love how they like. TG mentioned it like Ving Rhames's whole thing like he started out as like a spy in like the first movie like going on missions and stuff right or was he always or Uh, was he always behind the computer he's always been the guy in the chair okay I think think. it it really is like like you said set piece come back have have Ethan Hunt try to digest what happened and then just have Luther go Ethan and like that's like (laughs) the whole his whole thing and i love it and i love their conversations that they have and he's like just an overqualified actor to have in that role but um but it did feel like they're like all right i have to go now bye it's really weird very weird especially on second watch i was like oh that's definitely this was covid related i totally see what happened here uh and you can kind of see it and i wonder where that leaves him in terms of his standing, but uh, Simon Pegg also, as funny as he always is, literally you make cool, tense moments for him. Like, oh, you're just gonna go chase a bag uh, down the little es- down the little thing. You're just gonna go find this bag, and then you'll find this bomb. And we found stuff for him to do that worked with the scene. Just incredible, incredible offensive efficiency in this movie. There are long parts of it where Tom Cruise isn't even on the screen, and you never feel his absence because everybody else is doing a great job cooking. They nailed it. They fucking nailed it. They did it again. They're so good at integrating new people into this franchise. Like they know exactly what movie they're making and they bring new people in it and they just play their roles. It was like the fucking prime warriors. when It was like, Oh, we got Otto Porter. He's going to come in here and like, he's going to like cook off (laughs) the bench. He's going to look like a good player for the, because he's playing with us. He's going to look great. Yeah. You know, like Andrew Wiggins. How do they do it? Um, (laughs) Wait, Haley Atwell is their KD, so. Yeah, exactly. Facts. Um, <laughs> except for Jeremy Renner, who is a, supposed to replace Tom Cruise like 
three movies ago and tom cruise said i literally over my dead body uh, he, he, yeah there's he, there's a jordan pool in there for everybody then you never saw <laughs> <laughs> then you never saw uh jimmy run another movie again we could have brought him back to kill him and kept elsa alive if that's what we were doing but maybe tom cruise is like he tried to take over my movie get him the fuck out of here like the rock and vin diesel uh you know these these jordan pool situations do pop up yeah, he was great in those two movies, but it literally was like the studio being like, this franchise is dying. Like, we need to, like, after the fourth movie, we need to, like, start to, like, switch it over. And it just is the rare franchise that has gotten better. It's the actually, in fact, it's like, I mean, John Wick, maybe, but like, in fact, it's the only franchise that has consistently gotten better and one upped mm-hmm. itself every single time, which is yeah nuts. Tom Cruise is insane that we're all this excited about the seventh movie in like a spy franchise. Like I'm already ready for the eighth one. That they, 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 it's, it's crazy. It's actually crazy that we haven't had a drop off in quality. And like most people, most fans of this series prefer the later ones to the earlier ones. Like it's actually crazy. They said like, we can still do more movies after uh, dead reckoning part two. And I was like, fuck yeah. Like keep going. I'm in. Keep this shit going. (laughs) I really got to know how much he has left in the tank, man. Like, I don't care if he's like invested in like long life technology or whatever he's doing in Scientology, <laughs> but like, he is like, it has to hurt, man, for like a six year old. It really has to. Like, no matter, no matter how, and he's in great shape. And he said he trains every day, obviously. He's like the rock. I think he has like a gym that comes around with him or whatever. But like, it, it has to hurt, man. I don't know how how he can you can keep doing it you know what i mean like what do you do do you find somebody that is that agrees to do all of these crazy stunts like a movie star like tom cruise like That's who does thing. that you know it's like, not just a replacing the person at the center of the movie it's replacing somebody who's we know is willing to try to kill themselves and most people most people just want to go to work and then go home and live their life they don't actually want to jump off of a mountain for their job they don't want to do that that's not something they are interested in but somebody's crazy enough to do it we haven't found them yet i i think you can you can convince at least one of these like mcu actors to do some real shit like i'm probably i'm pretty sure they'll get one who wants is to chris like, evans not willing now. to jump off a mountain is, do you think he would jump <laughs> i don't off think so i think he's a pretty level-headed guy you gotta be <laughs> not level-headed you gotta be crazy to be yeah. willing to do that shit so I, I mean like i don't know man i mean like chris hemsworth did a bunch of stunts for that you know extraction movie but the thing is they get hurt making these movies. We forget Tom Cruise snapped his ankle in half in Mission Impossible Fallout. You know? <laughs> yeah. And they had to yep. set they had to shut the movie down. And they, they used it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you gotta like somebody, I mean, is it like are you gonna find somebody that's crazy enough that in their free time, like Tom Cruise literally knows how to commercially fly a helicopter? Like, I don't know if you're gonna be able to like maybe you could find somebody willing to jump out of a plane a thousand times but like operate the machinery and run a dirt bike off the, like, I just don't think you're going to find somebody that's willing to like put their body through that. I mean, nobody should be willing to put their body through that. No, they shouldn't. I mean, there's some people like, (laughs) you just got to find the like crazy rich guy who like just does it for fun. And like, is also an actor. Cause like, you know, fucking Lewis Hamilton, the race car driver, like he just does this shit for fun. Like just, yeah, just keep doing shit. 
So you just got to find more crazy rich people who can also. I mean, act. yeah, there's there's people that do this that like work for Red Bull. You know what I mean? But <laughs> it's it's uh, <laughs> it's 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 also we forget that Tom Cruise now is a you know thrice Academy Award nominated for acting, and uh, he's really him. Yeah, so it's also has no peers. Also, on top of that, yeah, it's just crazy. It's like you got to think about it too. Tom Cruise and Tom Hanks are the same age. Wait, what? That's so crazy to think about because Tom Hanks yeah. ain't jumping off nobody's mountain at his. Tom Hanks age. was it was in a Tom Hanks was in a old guy dies movie recently, <laughs> <laughs> and Tom Cruise is jumping off of helicopters. That's yeah. Like I love Tom Hanks. Like he's probably uh, if not my favorite actor, my favorite actor of all time. But it literally, it's just crazy to think about that they are they're peers. We don't really think of them as like like he, Tom Hanks, Denzel. They're all like peers from the same sort of group, and so it's it's really weird to think about. So. Yeah. Anyway, any other, any other? I can't believe they did it again. Again, it is my. I mean, this is the seventh Mission Impossible movie. There's one bad movie in this entire series, and they're getting better and better. And they, they, they did nothing. I had a great time watching this movie, but my excitement for part two is now extremely high. It's already one of my top films. I'm looking forward to in 2024 immediately. Just walking out of the theater, I knew I want to see part two of this movie. I want more of this shit right now. Give it to me as soon as possible. I've just been informed by myself that Tom Hanks is like six years older than Tom Cruise, but like any, it say it still applies like actor from that generation that has been doing it for this long, you know, like fucking, I don't know. Kevin Costner is not jumping out of an airplane. Even the sprinting that Tom Cruise does in this movie, I would not be able to do. (laughs) Yeah. Just it hauling just, ass, his arms just chopping. God damn! <laughs> High his knees running, and everything. His dude. running for like in street shoot. He's in. He's in fucking. He's in fucking. Is it a suit? Know, <laughs> yeah, he's in. He's in a suit and like his best Brooks Brothers. Like, just <laughs> unbelievable. His his best dress shoes. I don't. I don't know if you've ever run in dress shoes. It sucks. It's ass. Awful. Yeah, you can't do it. It's horrible. Um, Anyway, so we're not going to rank these films. I think, like we, like I said, it the, the movies start to increasingly get better as time goes on. I think, you know, Ghost Protocol starts it, but you know, however, it it just I, I don't know how to describe it. It just is like they really were in a bad way when Mission Impossible Three, like it was, which is a good movie, I think, on its own right, but it just isn't anything compared and in mission impossible Two, they they really had to do like all right we need to have a look in the mirror here it's one of the worst things ever miss possible three is fine but it really it's really it's really the performance for philip seymour hoffman that you need to see but the movie itself isn't that great but four five and six and now seven are all really good and obviously you need to watch the first one for just to establish it which is still a very very well done movie Mission possible one is amazing uh, but definitely tap into this series if you have if you like action at all, if you like car car chases, if you like a little humor, and if you want to see every woman in the world, every attractive woman who Tom Cruise meets in these movies immediately wants to fuck him immediately, and it's like a, it's a well known thing of this film, and it's funny every time it happens. It's amazing every time. Fun fact: uh, Mission Impossible Two is not 
good, but my sexual awakening was with Thandi Newton in that movie. Oh my lord, she looked <laughs> so sexy. She looked way too sexy to be in a movie that shitty. I'll tell you that she was phenomenal looking. Thandi, we love you. Yeah, so just I had to like I rethought about that and I was like, yeah, that that was probably it right there actually, because that movie came out in like two thousand or something like that, two thousand one. Mind-blowingly good, good-looking woman. Very, very keeps the trend going. Tom Brady's gonna find the hottest woman in Hollywood. And he's gonna be like, "Hey, cast her as the female uh, lead in my film." Thank did you, you say Tom Brady? Yeah, he did. Tom, <laughs> well, that's a Freudian slip, but Tom Brady, same thing. Obviously, I, I will not be watching those movies. <laughs> I will not be watching those films. However, uh, eighty for Brady is the last Tom Cruise movie I'm ever watching. <laughs> Tom Cruise movie. I didn't even see that. I don't Tom want to Brady. see any Tom Brady movies. <laughs> Um, so this week is, it's an interesting time in movies and, um, we'll do the sign out here in a minute, but it's an interesting time in movies. One, because of the actor's strike two because of the writer's strike, which has been going on, which CEOs have said some real nasty shit. They're just bad on wax. (laughs) Like we're going to let your, your houses, like you lose your house. Like, They're just horrible ooh. people. And y'all better leave Ron Perlman alone because yeah, I, I believe him. I believe everything he says. Yeah, if anybody was going to burn down a house, it'd be that fucking guy. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't fuck with that guy if I was y'all. Uh, Zasloff, Iger, y'all need to leave him the fuck alone and maybe watch him out a little bit in these statements because Ron Perlman outside your house does not sound <laughs> like a fun time at all. At all. Hey, Iger, come out to the fucking street. <laughs> <laughs> um I just think it's so it's an interesting time because now these people can't promote their movies. Um, like normally we'd be seeing Tom Cruise go on Jimmy Kimmel. Cause that's the only talk show that he goes on, but uh, you know, or these people doing hot ones or whatever. Now they can't do it. And it is interesting because Tom Cruise kind of threw a fit too. He did Paramount didn't give them any runway with this movie. Nope. Not at all. Because next we got week one week is, in IMAX, and next is week Barbenheimer. is Barbenheimer. Yeah. Next week is Barbie and Oppenheimer. Paramount, we haven't talked about this enough. On top of everything else and all the things that these studios and actors and writers are dealing, you know, going through. Paramount shot themselves in the foot multiple times this year. You knew that Barbie and Oppenheimer was coming out the same week. And you schedule it for the week, but like obviously it's gonna make its money, but it could have had a runway could have like been bigger e- either really early in the summer or way later in the summer. And it could have made I'm not saying it makes Top Gun Maverick money, but it just it would have been something I think like more of an event. But now people are still just talking about Barbie and Oppenheimer, which is coming out next week. And I don't know. I like any thoughts on what we're seeing with all of this shit? And like Paramount did this again with, uh, I believe like if they would have waited to release the Dungeons and Dragons movie, that thing got shit on because nobody knew about it. Well, I still and it, it, like it went, it. everybody that's all it said it was good. Yeah. And like it went up against something also big. I can't remember what it went up against, but they've shot themselves in the foot multiple times with their scheduling stuff so i understand tom cruise frustration but any sort of thoughts on this whole strike the promotions for these films like where we're at with all this we stand with the actors and the writers and not with zasloff wherever zasloff is i'm against him if he's got one hater in this world 
I am one of them. If he has seven, I am one of them. Fuck that guy. And yeah, yeah obviously. I Honestly, fuck Damon's ass, Lob. I, Warner Brothers just can't get right. Like, just throughout <laughs> history, I will never understand. Like, doesn't matter who owns it, who runs it. Warner Brothers just can't get right. Like, ugh. But you, you know, see, uh, Bob Iger also tripping out here right now. <laughs> absolutely tripping, Bob. Please sit down. <laughs> shut up. Yuck, yuck, Bob. Yuck. <laughs> they got the receipts on your on how much you were worth too. They've been watching your pockets. Like, dude. Yeah. Hey, yuck. Man, fuck, fuck all that. Give the actors their money. Streamers got to figure out how to be a real business and make real money so they can pay real money to actors and actresses. Like, hey. All of this is some bullshit. Fuck it. Pay them their money. Strike as long as you need to to get your check. Don't fold. What are we going to do in the uh, vacuum of content, as I like to call it, if this thing continues for months out? That means that, you know, we're going to have a time period where movies are getting slim, TV shows are getting slim, and we're basically going to be watching reruns in old movies. We're going to make Dex watch everything on this podcast if we get to that point. (laughs) Reality I have, TV. Baby. I have been watching movies uh, this past weekend that I missed out on. I also saw, uh, saw uh, Grand Budapest Hotel for the first time today. Did that you like sick. it? Yeah, it was dope. Um, it's not the greatest movie of the 21st century or whatever some people were saying, but it's good. Um, Whiplash. That movie fucking um, rules. Yes. That God. movie is a fucking classic. That's I can't believe right I've never seen it before. The movie owns, dude. It's amazing. It's perfect ending. So yeah, we can we can do a Whiplash episode if we run out of new Hell movies. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> that shit, that movie's great. Awesome. And I'm in the middle that. of Birdman right now. Got to finish that up. But I actually watched that for the first time too, not too long ago, because it's on Max and it's. Uh, I enjoyed King. it. Yeah, I enjoyed Birdman. I don't know how I missed it back in the day, but like. Yeah, it's. it's I really have good. never hated a movie character more than I hate Ethan Hawke right now. Or is that his name? <laughs> no, Ethan Hawke. Um, oh, what's his? Are you talking about? Uh, what's his fucking name? Uh, shit. Oh my god! I mean, people are going to be yelling at us. Fight Club. Edward Norton. Yeah, him. Edward, Edward Norton. Norton. Ethan Hawke. Edward Norton. Same thing. Yeah. White guys whose names start with E. Y'all are all the same. Um, did just real quick, did y'all see that like people have been Venmo requesting David Z- Zaslov because his Venmo is not private? <laughs> no, I didn't see that. Yeah. <laughs> also, him taking the time to like decline Deny the request is so funny. <laughs> what a all it takes is him for to mess up and do one accept when he's had too many wines or whatever. I just, have a like, question. What are we doing for our next episode? Obviously, two very, very big movies coming out this week. Um, are we doing a Barbenheimer episode, or how, how are we doing this? We're and and do what are your plans on seeing these right? movies? We're going to be doing what everybody else is doing. We're going to be doing a Barbenheimer. So what's your, what, how, what order are y'all watching them in, and when are you actually going to see this? Film? I haven't bought my tickets because I have to like time that out, and I work such a weird schedule that I, it probably won't be until next Saturday that I could actually do a double feature of it. But the, I'm good. Like I said in the last podcast, I am going, I am fading into the abyss. I am watching Barbie and then Oppenheimer and then going to contemplate my uh, mortality. Oh my God. Dex, how are I'm, you doing this? Oppenheimer at five, Barbie at nine. Yeah. Dex and me are pretty much similar. On Thursday, 
I got Oppenheimer at five, and I think Barbie starts at like nine thirty. So, so I'll be up, but I, I I'm doing the double feature, and I'm doing it on Thursday, and I'm wa- definitely watching uh, Oppenheimer first, so that Barbie I can have Barbie to let me sleep at night because if I watch Oppenheimer last, I, I'm gonna be it, up contemplating life, and I'm scared. But I think I like if I watched Oppenheimer, and this is the same podcast content that everybody's doing right now. But like, I think if I watched Oppenheimer first. I would just be in a bad mood going into the silly goofy movie. <laughs> you know? Why? Yeah, I, I, yeah. I just don't think I'm gonna be in a bad mood when I get out of Oppenheimer. I feel like Christopher Nolan is going to style on us and make me very happy. Even though I know I'm Cillian happy. Murphy's gonna style on us. He never doesn't style on us. It's going to be and Florence fucking Pugh is in this film. It's yeah, going Florence to be real Pugh, cinema. Florence Pugh refuses to miss, so I'm sure I'm going to have a great time. You know what's going to suck is that when enough people watch it and say, actually, Oppenheimer is be- like, it, it's going to happen. It's like a 75 on Rotten Tomatoes or something like that. Oh, my God. Uh, you know what's going to be really bad is when Barbie makes like three times. What happened? Block- no, that's going to happen. That's and going to happen. This course is going to be disgusting. <laughs> Everyone like I know, know is going to see Barbie. Everyone I know is going to see that film in the yeah. next couple of weeks. Everyone I know. People they are talking about make, this in They a better real make a way. billion dollars. <laughs> yeah, so they can keep making Mattel movies. Thank God, we really need. I can't that. wait to revisit our Marvel. Need, I just need for the marketing to work. Like I love everything that they've done, all the collabs they've done, every little social media thing they've done has been phenomenal. Yeah. I need it to all work so that people keep doing it. You think it's the same person that did uh, the Top Gun pro, uh, promo? Too busy on Mission Impossible, baby. (laughs) (laughs) You know what's funny is that the best thing maybe to happen to Oppenheimer, like Oppenheimer, if it had a clear runway, obviously would make, but it's a rated R movie. Like the best thing that happened to Oppenheimer was probably people being like, you know, it'd be funny if Barbie and Oppenheimer, like the internet (laughs) is the best thing It works towards their benefit because people don't, People don't weren't gonna. I mean, the, but the movie, the movie boys and the Nolan boys were gonna watch this movie anyway. But as far as outside of that group of people, you're going to get more people that go see this movie specifically because of the day it's coming out. And so good for them. And Barbie better make a billion dollars. The marketing has been so great. Greta Gerwig is really her. The cast has been amazing. And before the writers, the, the, the actor strike, that cast was fucking everywhere. Everywhere. I saw everywhere. Issa everywhere, bro. Like, that cast was working every event. That cast was on everyone's stage. That cast went to every premiere. They were working their fucking asses off the shill tickets for these fucking studio heads. And the least you can do is pay these people. And you didn't. So now go promote the movie your, yourself. Go out there, studios. They wouldn't even know your faces, but go promote the movies. Go out there on the red carpets. We'll laugh it at is. your fashion feels really rare for a movie like this like a, just a brand movie to have everyone everyone in it be so happy about it and like out talking about it constantly and they find yeah, they have no they have no shame it's not like yeah i made a shitty uh i made a a harry potter movie that's not harry potter i made a it, it's kind of in the harry potter universe it's like yeah. yeah that stinks that's just a piece of ip we don't care about that but these people are really happy like whatever they made with greta is actually something meaningful and not just ip and i'm excited to see it and to evaluate that for myself or even like rachel zegler when she did the uh shazam 2 tour they're like so what made you want to do this movie and she was like i needed a job (laughs) 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 
That's it. I need it to work. Thank you. <laughs> Shout out to women directors, man. It seems like everybody comes off a set directed by a woman just in a better mood. Except. Like, <laughs> well, uh, except, except for the... Except. All the worried darlings. Uh, many worries, <laughs> darling. <laughs> many worries, darling. That still might except be our best that episode. Yeah. That might be our best episode. Not the best movie, but the movie was so shitty. It, it, it provided for great content. That might be our best. That might be my favorite episode. We oh crushed God. that film. We were so bad at it. Hey, same thing on Lighthouse. We all hated that movie, but the content was amazing. Yeah. Happens to the best of them or the worst of them, depending on how you look at it. Anyway, Barbenheimer. I think we're going to, I think we're probably going to have to do the dual thing. Like, why not? Fuck it. Let's do yeah. it. Let's do the whole, let's do a five hour podcast intermission movies are back y'all we are fucking back go to the movies go watch barbie and oppenheimer go watch them movies are back until they're not until they're not so yeah sorry i just ripped my headphones we are so back we're gonna enjoy being back until the glut the great glut happens and then (laughs) it's gonna be sad but we're not there yet yeah anyway uh support your local sag I think there's only one, but uh, support SAG <laughs> and the Writers Guild. And uh, shout out to the directors, you weirdos. Like, like to, not shout out to them, but they were just like, oh, yeah, we'll take the first deal that comes to us. And like <laughs> Brian Cox, who has said some weird things in the media recently, but like absolutely destroyed them where he's like, you fucking directors took the first deal that like came with. It was really funny if you can go find it. Um, anyway, pay them what they're worth. Everybody wants to point to the 1% of actors and writers who make it big and point, oh, well, they, you know, they need more money. We're not talking about them. We're talking about background actors in every single show that you love. The proposal that they sent over to the actors. Also, yes, they do need more money. (laughs) The proposal they sent over to the actors was literally a spit in the face. It said we can have a background actor on set for one day, scan their likeness, and then use their likeness in, in any film we want to into perpetuity. Hey, sign that, guys. <laughs> what do you what? Like, what yeah, fuck off. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so you're they want you to like in in the 18 seasons of NCIS, ISIS. They would want they want to see the same actors when we're like 55 or whatever. <laughs> like, see that guy and everything. That's crazy. Anyway. We're going long on this. This is a one take podcast. You can find us at one take podcast, one take pod on Twitter, one take pod, the number one take pod on Twitter, Instagram, the like, um, not threads, not yet. Haven't caved. Uh, you can find us at Roy Nogletree at Lord Dex Hinton at less underscore humble Tej. You can also find Tej on Instagram where he is, uh, trying to get oh, all God. the, please, please, all <laughs> the <laughs> baddest, all the baddest AI chicks. In the tri-state Please. area, Mark Zuckerberg, you will you you are going to hell. That's all I have to say. But <laughs> you are going to hell. Hey, don't don't hate on Zuck. He's ripped now. Have you seen that weird photo? Like, <laughs> he's gonna beat the shit out of Elon Musk. That that is true, and I need to see that. And God, I, I, I would be tapped love in. to see that. I would be tapped in. I'm sorry, I'm I hate everything that. about Elon Musk, but I would pay money for that. Like watching him, watch. he get that weird rib cage caved in. <laughs> I just I have to see it. I literally have to see it. Do you think when he's when he's punched, do you think like his his uh, body suit will break and it'll, you'll find the two aliens that live inside of him? <laughs> the two alien children who are running. Yeah. Right. <laughs> anyway, that's amazing. 
Elon <laughs> Musk being run by two aliens in a trench coat is my new favorite theory. <laughs> <laughs> Just does things that aren't human, man. Just can't explain it. It would make very... so much stuff make sense about that, that man <laughs> being. Um, there is like a there is a mock up because he is the weirdest shaped person of all time. There was a mock up of like of because his upper half is so like rotund and big that like his, his it's a, it is a bodysuit and there's just a little body operating levers inside of the. <laughs> it's really weird to look at, but it is very funny. I'll see if I'll find it, send it to the group message. Anyway, one take pod on all platforms. Uh, yeah, what are we doing, Dex? Hashtag support Florence Pugh. Go see Oppenheimer in theaters. Buy your tickets. Have we yeah. talked about Florence Pugh's short hair now? Have we talked about Hate that it. in this podcast? Hate it. No further comment. I'm glad Thank we can you. say that. Florence Pugh, I love you. You were one of my favorite actresses working. I absolutely hate it. I absolutely hate it. I'm sorry. That has been a one-take podcast. One more time. Hashtag support Florence Pugh. We out of here. We're out. <laughs>